Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yes, it is. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Yeah, this is Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Suckage. Welcome to 670 AM. And the co-founder of Saturday Suckage will be here. We will talk with Mark Grody. 125, we will talk with Habarkish, senior NFL analyst for The Score. And then back to your phone calls and on the Bulls and booing a, Bulls fans booing a corpse and... Bears quarterback and the GM and the empty, the bespoke but empty suit that is Kevin Warren, apparently, at this point. So welcome in. Hi, Mark. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm I'm better than groovy. I'm up to bitchin', and I totally Ooh. rad is in sight. I think it can be reachable. We had Philly Jane on. She she wanted to say, yeah, I said, Philly, we, we might boo Santa Claus, but we wouldn't boo Mrs. Claus. And then she goes, then she had no idea who she was. What is your name? What, what, I, I, I'm calling this show, but I don't know your name. It's so Espo texts me, goes, that's peak suckage. That should be a promo. So we're working on that. Hi, Mark. Oh, Steve, it is so good to hear your voice today amid the, the winter storm that seems to have calmed. Yes, it is calm down now it's polar vortex time mark is the mark covers the bears for us here on the score he also brings you the podcast the daily score oh nice yeah see damn it and this wednesday actually all right you explain the day i'm confused but this is the anniversary show for score overnights they will live once again Explain to the the class, share with the class the plans this week, Mark. The plans are to honor our, our fallen friend, Les Grobstein, our famous overnight guest, her overnight host for years at the score, who died two years ago. So this is my my second, I'd like to think at this point, annual memorial show for the Grobber. So the date is happening this Tuesday into the Wednesday. So the the technically Wednesday overnight is when I will be performing the the live midnight to five show where we will honor 
the Grobber by playing many of our great memories of Les Grobstein, and you know they are classic. Many of those memories involve me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you Les... you little instigator, you. I was. Les and I had a special relationship, <laughs> and I don't think anybody talked to him more on the radio than I did through the years, and we built up a a friendship and a relationship and all of that kind of stuff. And I've been appreciating Les Grobstein since I was probably in high school and heard Les Grobstein on various radio stations, WLS, and, um, you know, wherever he popped up on the radio or the TV. I was always a fan of Les. So I have taken on that responsibility of being the one to keep his light alive and we will be doing that again this weekend. We'll have, you know, we'll have some guests on for sure. I know uh, Bruce Levine is going to pop on because, you know, Bruce was, I don't think anybody was closer to less than Bruce. Same with David Schuster, Scott Grobstein, Les's son will be on as well. Always great to have Scott on because while he loves his dad, he also understood the grobber as I do and we do. <laughs> so uh, his less his longtime girlfriend Kathy will join the fray. Um, so and anybody else too. Like I, I throw it out there to any any listeners, fans of Les, fellow broadcasters out there. Oh, John Greenberg will be on because I always say, as I am to. Speaking of Les Grobstein, John Greenberg has been writing about Les Grobstein in his life. So he and I are sort of the documentarians of the Les Grobstein experience in life. So at some point in time, John Greenberg will be on. Adam Harris, uh, the old store producer. Cupcake. Cupcake. He contacted me because he heard me put the the grobber word out the other day. He's like, hey, man, if I'm up, I'll call in. I'm like, hell yeah, you're going to call it. Adam Harris produced that show for at least two years, and he had many interesting conversations with Les on the overnights. And, you know, the 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 uh, juxtaposition between those two is always great because of the age gap um, between those two. So, yeah, Cupcake Tiny Dancer will be on with us. Mitch <laughs> Rosen, Mitch Rosen, the uh, the program director, operations director, whatever his title is. Uh, uh, Mitch will be joining the fray at about four o'clock. So. I, uh, you know, I am not as as adept at staying up all night in my life as I once was, but (laughs) quite frankly, I've been preparing for this. I've been getting in shape, staying up a little bit later every single night and trying to talk. So I cannot wait for it. It's going to be an extravaganza. And just like with Les's shows through the years, you can expect anything and I will allow anything. So, and I hope everybody that's Listening, at least those that are at home or sheltering in place, have a drink, have a joint, whatever makes you feel good, because it's going to be a feel-good, hilarious, fun, and maybe even touching show at times. You know, that's an interesting thought. I'd never thought to marry the Wake and Bake Club with Score Overnights, with the Grobber. And I don't know if that's a good, because Indica, you know, Indica Couch, then you might not make it through. You won't make it through the whole show. No, but... no, no, Indica. We're all sativa. Sativa? We're all sativa, yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay. All right. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're if you're indicating, as I call it, 
then you're, you're probably going to doze off. But maybe that's what you use Grobber for. Maybe you'd go to bed, you'd turn less on, and he would just soothe you, and you'd fall asleep. But we welcome that. And all the third shifters, shout out to all the second and third shifters who don't get enough good entertainment in the overnight. Mm-hmm. This one's for you guys and gals as well. Well, the idea of playing less is greatest hits, and we used to the one of the things about Saturday Suckage is we made it a tradition when you and I were were host, co-hosting the show is on Lee Elia Day, we would play the full tape and then have Les on as a guest and relive the whole thing. It was, whether you were doing the, the it was the Thanksgiving story or as we called it, you know, we, we pass over, we retell the same story uh, of the Exodus. And in that case, it was sort of, eventually it would be the Lee Elia Exodus. And it was wonderful. And, that yes. that tape and that interview with Les and every, I, I couldn't even count the number of years, 40 years, 45 years, almost 50 years, every detail seemed to be the same when Les was describing what <laughs> happened that day, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to that end, you know, as you were saying that, that everything sounds the same when he says it, we're going to probably hear some of the same stories from the people that we have on and probably from even from some of the callers, but it's great. It's great to hear the same stuff retold because these stories don't need to be just told one time. You know, it's like watching it's a wonderful life every year at Christmas. You got it. You got to watch it every year. Every year you're moved by it's like, okay, I'm ready to hear all these grobber stories again. I'm ready to you know, not just hear the stories, but hear less. And, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, talking about the three technique or his sex addiction, it, it's all great radio and it's all going to be told. And, you know, hopefully we'll have enough time in five hours to, to play it for us. I do hope that people can listen live to it, participate if you'd like, or just sit back. And I promise you, you will be entertained. And if you're not entertained, I'll just quit and never do it again. There you go. You will not do that. It will be entertaining. Wednesday midnight is when it starts. So That's right. get prepare yourself, do your own pregame show at 11 o'clock Tuesday night, and then kickoff is let's spend the night together, as it were, at midnight on Wednesday through to 5 a.m. And that will be Grody as the Grobber, as score overnights is – honoring the memory of Les Grobstein, especially with David Schuster. You're going to have like two, you can have his story of just his side of all of the, the bickering squabbling old men at the end of the press box. Well, I'll even do you better. I will see you at David Schuster and raise you my plan. My plan is to have both Schuster and Levine on at the same time. So between those two who were typically the bookends in the press box Mm -hmm. to Les Grobstein and let, let me be very clear about something, too. You think about alphabetically, and this will make a lot of sense, Grobber, Grody. I sat next to Les a lot in press boxes, particularly the Cubs press box, so I can definitely share many a story from Grobstein from just sitting next to him, things he would say and things that he would do. All right, <laughs> so. and we know that he loved his bears, and you covered your bears, and I want to – you covered his bears, your bears, bears, these bears. So what what are the snapshots that jump out this week for you? 
Well, I mean, going back to the the press conference, I think uh, a couple things stand out. I guess I'll start. If you're giving me the open canvas, I'll begin with Kevin Warren because he was the unknown part of all of this. We'd heard things about him. We had read things about him. But what I realized is, and this is this is ironic because we, as Bears fans and observers and reporters and opinionators one of the, one of the sports that we've had through the years is telling people like Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, Mike McCaskey and all of this to stay out of the football side of things. Going into this, I was thinking to myself and have said it out loud and said it on the radio, I kind of like to hear or see um Kevin Warren Put in, impose his will a little bit, and you know, like let, let's see him change the way business is done at at Hallis Hall. And so I say it's ironic because that's what I wanted to see, and that's not what we're seeing at, at this point from from Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, just to you know, as a just a very much oversimplification of Kevin Warren. He is supporting his guys. <laughs> he is telling Ryan Poles, yes, if you want to keep Matt Eberflus, that's totally and completely fine. He's telling Matt Eberflus, if you want to get rid of Luke Getze, that's totally and completely fine. Um, whatever you guys want to do is cool. And I am here to, and this, you know, Kevin Warren, paraphrasing, I'm here to support these guys. You know, he made a, you know, a, a very, very determined during his preamble saying how much he hates to lose and, how he's been sleepless over it and he's impatient, but he's clearly patient. He is, you know, cause he's letting his guys do things, which, which is um, interesting. I'd say that because typically that is what we want, but I think I was a little disappointed in that part of it, just because what I realized is, is that Kevin Warren is here to, to build a stadium. That's, that is what he is here for. And again, probably an oversimplification cause he is the boss, but, Right now, business is being allowed to be handled um, by those underneath him. You know, the he seems like the, I don't know, the best custom-made empty suit we've seen up there. But he might as well have been Ted Phillips for all that got accomplished up there. And that's headed nowhere. We have history as a guide past his prologue for that. But wasn't he the guy who said, or thought or described think big, swing big, there could have been no bigger swing than a new coach, offensive-minded, the best you can find, a new quarterback, the best you can draft, a new offensive coordinator, the most creative, the best at creating offenses built on the player himself, especially by a guy who has called plays. There could have been no bigger swing, and he's supporting a general manager who didn't spin any options to find a new coach that there might be somebody better than a guy who tied an NFL record for three double digit meltdowns in the fourth quarter. Can you connect those dots for me, Mark? I guess I can. I mean, number one, I do like Ryan Poles. I do. I, I concede that there have been errors, but I think he's done more good than bad as the, as the bears general manager. So he's still, as far as I'm concerned, I'm down with, with Ryan Poles. If you want your dots connected on Matt Eberflus, it's because last year nobody would have would have been able to handle coaching the Bears. The Bears broke that thing down. They got rid of all their, you know, as many of their good players as they possibly could. They were not about winning last year. Um, and now this this year, 
it was a horrible start to the season. Matt Eberflus and the Bears were 0-4. There were coaches that were fired. So every ounce of criticism that was laid upon Matt Eberflus, he deserved. But to his credit, he did turn it around, whether in the hallways at Hallis Hall, in the locker room at Hallis Hall, and the defense did improve on his watch even before Montez Sweat got there. So I do think, and I, I, it was, I was saying weeks ago, weeks ago when Ryan Pohl spoke, or months ago, I should say, that it was my thought that they were going to bring Matt Eberflus back just because I could tell by the way Ryan Poles was speaking. So I do give Matt Eberflus credit for that. Now, that said, I do hope that he is judged harshly going into this season and I think that you that that has to be like you can't start the season 0-4 again and you know they cannot like just cling to this overall riding policy of you can't fire your coach in the middle of the season I don't know if you say like Matt Eberflus is on the hot seat going into this season but this is the first year where from the very beginning there is sort of like we said with Justin Fielding no excuses no excuses going into this season for Matt Eberflus I think he deserved to keep his job but that but now it's that there is you know this side of um you know your quarterbacks uh tear their ACLs in training camp there is no excuse for Matt Eberflus this year going into this season Mark Rohde is my guest. He covers the Bears on the score. He brings you the Daily Score podcast. He will be Grobber on Wednesday midnight till 5 a.m. Before I let you go, Mark, last question. You you listened to Ryan Poles. He talked about the incumbent quarterback, Justin Fields. Did the doomsday clock for you move closer to midnight or further away or not move at all when Ryan Poles talked about his current quarterback? I came away from that. You know, one of the things that I and I tweeted about this was, and I was a little bit surprised that I came away with it, thinking they have not by any means ruled out bringing back Justin Fields to this this team. And I think that they're even they're even going to look for reasons to potentially keep him. And you know, I'll just go through some of the things that I heard. Um, you know, with, with Paul saying that they still need to be blown away. He talked about the standard in finding a quarterback. He mentioned the human part first, the leadership, the maturity, and then the tape. And we know that we know that Justin Fields checks those leadership boxes, if not the tape at this point, um, the ability to handle being a quarterback here in Chicago polls also did not rule out keeping Justin Fields and drafting a quarterback. Um, Paul said he thinks that Justin Fields can lead this team. And then Matt Eberflus said, quote, and this is about Justin Fields, he'll continue to grow as we grow this football team. Flus talking about Justin Fields, and that's not like I'm going to hold that to him if they change it and Flus is a liar, none, none of that stuff. But that was that was said. Now, within the press conference, there was certainly a counter to most of the things that I just said, you know, such as, you know, we're going to uncover every stone out there. He, you know, Paul said, uh, we like Justin, paraphrasing, but this is a unique situation with a unique situation being, I think, in inferring from what he said, Kayla Williams is out there. Drake May is out there. You know, choose your, your quarterback, whichever one of these guys that you think is the generational quarterback. So 
there was room for all of that, the wiggle room for both sides. But what shined through for me more than that was the potential of keeping Justin Fields. And I did not expect to hear that going into it, nor was I necessarily wanting to hear that. All right, and then, well, see how it plays out. Mark, appreciate you joining me today. And, again, this broadcasting note, Brody does Grobber, midnight, Wednesday, till 5. It's all there, score overnights, live and in person. Thanks, Mark. By the way, Steve, feel free to call in midnight to 5 if you'd like to be part of the extravaganza. You know, you can smoke a cigar pop your sativa and rock out with us i am uh, it's I, up okay, to you okay i'll 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 see what i can see can get uh, what i can get at my local dispensary wake and bake club <laughs> needs to be accounted for thanks mark bye buddy see ya mark Rody covers the bears for us that grobber thing is it just it's going to be great midnight wednesday be there mark join me On the score hotline, our guest hotline is presented by Circa Sports in Illinois. We're going to go back to the hotline, and we'll talk to Hub Arkish, talk more Bears, Bears offensive coordinators. They need one. They need a good one. We'll see what requirements Hub might have for that. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls after Hub on Bulls fans booing the corpse of Jerry Krause and Bears quarterbacks and what you saw this week. 312-644-6767. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosemont. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The legend of Philly Jane. She called in to tell us that, yeah, Philly fans, you could tell the Phillyness. Philly fans would boo Santa Claus, but they wouldn't boo Mrs. Claus. I love Philly Jane, and she left us with that. Espo- and I, I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's why we suck. You know what? You don't know our name. She was told to call by. Son, I think, whatever. Oh, it was, that's hysterical. So, welcome to the show, Philly Jane. You're now a legend. Espo is listening, and Espo texts me and says, that's peak suckage. That should be a, a promo, a liner. Well, it is. Thanks, Espo. Thanks for producing the show. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Be here till the top of the hour. Going back to the guest hotline. It's presented by Circus Sports Illinois. And welcome to the show, our senior NFL analyst for the score, he is Hub Arkish. Hub, how are you this fine polar vortex day? 
I am uh, cold and full of snow, but other than that, I'm doing good. There, so, there you go. Got it all shoveled, man. The, the driveway's clear. So look at that. Look at that. Before it became a giant ice storm on or, or an ice a giant ice skating rink. That's what you would have ended up with had you not done that. So good, man. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So the Bulls, the Bears. I'm sorry, the Bears. I'm just trying to separate the the different <clears throat> embarrassing organizations at times. The Bears went through formalities, announcements, explanations this week. What did you come away with? Like the three biggest things you came away with from what you heard and saw this week from the Bears' big three, from Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Well, it it was pretty much what I expected. I I, I liked a lot what I heard from Warren and Poles, and, and, uh, you know, I I think they're right on. I think that they – have a clear plan. They're just in the early stages of it, or at least getting towards the middle round. And, um, you know, I, I think they made the right decisions on everything. I don't know about Luke Getze. You know, I, I don't pretend to be a coach. Uh, I don't think he was a, a bad or terrible coach. You can't have the number one run game in the NFL and be a bad offensive coach. But that said, uh, you know, clearly the offense hasn't developed uh, Justin Fields, you know, hasn't become what they need him to become. And so starting over with the offensive staff probably, you know, makes sense. But other than that, I think Flus had to stay. I think he's done a, a good job the first two years. Well, I shouldn't say the first two years. The first year was just tear it down. But this year, you know, what he accomplished and what he went through, uh, I thought firing him would have been unfair and ridiculous. So, um, you know, I, I'm pleased with what I heard Ryan Poles and, and Kevin Warren say about the situation and about Flus and about where they're at. And now, you know, it's all about doing the right things. I think Poles has had a good first two years, but this is his biggest year. And, you know, his next, you know, three, four, five moves are what are going to determine his future with the Bears. Well, my problem with the, the with claiming, with, as Ryan Poles did, of a, being a, a leader of men and, and Eberflus um, guiding them through these rough times, they're self-inflicted. Your, your defensive coordinator left because you did a bad job of vetting him. You had another assistant coach left. And this is on Eberflus, and your offense sucked. You're the one who chose the coaches. You're the one who has the last say in all this. And to credit him, it's like crediting the closer with a save when he got himself into trouble in the first place. And I have a real problem with that, as well as a problem with polls, not investigating any other option at coach. This is not a guy who's won Super Bowls. This is not a guy who's won anything. And I think that's a, an abdication of responsibility on his part. But you're in favor of that. So explain why. Well, you know, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on, on some of this. I, uh, you know, as far as Flus, I don't think I have to explain it. Just look at the results. Uh, you know, they were the worst team in the league, uh, you know, when he took over. They spent a year tearing it down. It wasn't going to be any different. Maybe it could have been you know, four and and 13 or something, but that was what it was going to be. And then this year I do blame Matt Eberflus for parts of the poor start, the 0-4 start. I didn't think they handled training camp well. I couldn't believe how little they were doing and they started slow. I think at least as a partial result of that, but you know, once they got to the point where they had a few games under their belt and they started to be NFL players, I think he did an excellent job. I, I, I don't agree that he didn't vet his coaches properly. You know, it hasn't really been widely reported what happened with with the two co- coaches, but 
I know what happened, and since it hasn't been widely reported, I'm not going to say, but it had nothing to do with football. He vetted them as football coaches. He, 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 you know, it, I, I don't know how head coaches vet their assistant coaches for what they do in their personal lives, but that's what those two problems were all about. And so I think the, you know, the coming down on flus for that is just not fair. It doesn't make sense to me because as far as everything else he's done relative to football, I'm not hearing a lot of people point out what those mistakes are, and that's what he's hired to do. Hub Arcus is my guest, senior NFL analyst for The Score. We're talking Bears football here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. So replacing Luke Getze, whoever the quarterback is, replacing Luke Getze becomes the priority because that will be the care and feeding of the most important person in Palace Hall from now on. I've seen four names. I don't know how many you've seen, how many you take seriously. Is there if not a leader in the clubhouse for you, is there a preferred choice that you have and why? Well, I know I don't have a preferred choice because I haven't studied it enough yet. And it's not something that I was really focused on. We were talking about a lot of other things yeah. besides, you know, where they eventually ended up. And so uh, I, I, obviously it's important. Um, you know, obviously Matt Eberflus is a very good defensive coach and now he needs to find a really good offensive coach, and you know everybody is trying to go to the, to the 49ers, you know, pool of well assisted yeah. coaches, and 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 that makes sense because of what they've accomplished. Um, but there's a lot of good young coaches out there. You know, Steve, the thing that's jumped out at me in, in the last year or so, both in NFL and college, is how much younger all these head coaches and coordinators are getting. And, and, you know, they're, they're doing well, you know, it's leading to, uh, you know, pretty good uh, head coaching jobs. Look at D'Amico Ryan in the Texans. Um, but I, I don't have a short list right now. You know, I, I try and focus on what I know and what I have a certain amount of at least, you know, history, if not expertise on, but, you know, coaches isn't one of them. I mean, head coaches we've studied and, and, and we can judge them on what they've accomplished on the football field and record wise and, and, finding talent but the position coaches i didn't see that one coming and what i what i can't make up my mind about it, i don't know what you think about this i don't know if this was clearly matt eberflus's decision that you need a new offensive staff or if this was something that warren and polls you know pushed for to try and make fans happy because clearly the fans were not happy with luke getsy and you know i'm not accusing anybody of anything i don't know but but there is a possibility that that's what this is about and we don't really know which one it is, whether it is definitely Matt Eberflus saying, I need to get better offensive coaches, or whether this was a, you know, a, a situational thing for the, for the entire organization and a way to you know, make a big change, but not the big change they didn't want to make. I keep coming back to Greg Blosch's statement. You listen to the fans long enough, you'll be sitting with them. Yep. <laughs> and, and I just don't know that, that they would do that. I would think... I want to believe this came out of the process of listening to every player, which they spent Monday doing, and looking at the numbers, and the passing game's unacceptable. It, if you were to say, I, I'm knocked over that you said the, the pleasing, trying to appease the fans, as opposed to Iberflus trying to remain loyal to coaches, perhaps in a, in a make-believe, a what-if scenario, while his boss said, this isn't getting us where we want to go. He's not flexible. He doesn't coach the game in front of him. He's having trouble coaching the player in front of him. We need to change that so that the points change, the offense changes, that we get more explosives. 
that this was GM versus coach as opposed to GM and coach listening to the fans. That's a scary proposition, frankly. Well, it is, and you got to put the president of the organization in too because he's the ultimate boss. And this has been the criticism of the Bears for you know, 20, 30, 40 years now that that was the way they were running the team. And that's why I say it could be a possibility. I don't know, Steve. I'm not saying one or the other is true. Um, I want to believe that this is Matt Eberflus's choice and that he just believed he needed to do better with his offensive coaches. I hope that's the case, and it, and it probably is. It certainly could be. But I do think it's a possibility knowing, you know, how he felt about Getsy uh, and the fact Nobody can say that Luke Getze was a total failure. Again, I keep pointing to the number one running offense in the NFL. That's an offensive coordinator's job. But you certainly can find fault with him. And so um, I hope that this is clearly, you know, Matt Eberflus's choice. And then, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on who he hires next, that he won't hire somebody who's going to get caught with off-the-field problems, um, but that he gets a, a better, you know, uh, offensive coordinator and offensive staff to develop the young talent that they've got now. Before I let you go, Hub, looking at the next offensive coordinator, do you? I know it would be ideal that the next guy will have called plays. Do you make it mandatory? Is that the only – is that a, a bold line on any resume, call plays for X, whatever it is, had to have called plays, which is not something Luke Getze brought to the table? Well, I think it is critical that, that whoever they hire has called plays because it's the most important part of his job besides you know making the players better. Um, but the problem with that – is that the only 99% of the guys who've called plays are former offensive coordinators. You, you know, they're not position coaches. That doesn't happen very often. So, so that's, you know, unless you're hiring an offensive coordinator who isn't the offensive coordinator anymore with where he was last time, um, I'm not sure that you're going to get somebody who's called plays. So that, that, that's a tough, uh, you know, path to cross. And, uh, I hope that they do get somebody, which means I'm thinking about somebody who's already tried the job once and hopefully been fairly good at it. I would certainly rely on some of the veteran head coaches who've done the most hiring and try and get some advice from them. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, you're still just evaluating these guys from your own personal meetings with them and hearing what they have to say as best you can. And, uh, you know, it is the last chance Fuss is going to get to do this. He's not going to have it go bad again for a year or two and hire another staff. Um, and so hopefully he gets it right this time. Yeah, I vote that. If we're taking a vote, <laughs> I vote that. Hub, thanks for your time. Good insight. I appreciate your time. All right, Steve. Take care. Hub Arkish, senior NFL analyst for The Score, joining us on the guest hotline. Uh, I will al- allow, I will welcome, I will pick up the phone if you want to make the call. 312 644 6767. We've had a lot of people who have been trying to get in. Now's your chance before we get out of here at 2 o'clock. On the booing of the corpse last night by Bulls fans and takes on your Bears quarterback. Saturday suckage with people who call up the show and have no idea who I am. God bless you, Philly Jane. 312 644 6767, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And I, I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. And I, I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. It's Saturday Suckage on 670, the score in Odyssey Station. He 
was born this week, Charlie Watts. You can hear him. A distinctive Rolling Stones drumming sound on Honky Tonk Woman. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage. No cultural zeitgeist today, no WB Club. They'll be back tomorrow as long as nobody import. I mean, next week. <gasps> as long as nobody important listens. Are you working tomorrow? 219, Texter. You just no, sign up for not a if shift? They, not nice. if they... You're back. Not, no, they won't. 219, Texter from like hours ago. Who's Bryce Anderson? So I meant to say Bryce Young... And talking about, would you trade, you know, would you trade the number one, would you trade C.J. Stroud for D.J. Moore and Darnell Wright in a first and a second? And I said Bryce Anderson. I don't know. I didn't know who Bryce Anderson was, and now I found out he's at Texas A&M safety. So, there you go. 312-644-6767. And are you Dave? Look at you. What's going on? Are you Jim Rosenblum? Is yeah, that your name? I am. I okay, she doesn't know the name. I love we love Philly Jane. How are you? And are you Dave? Happy New Year. Not too bad, man. Happy New Year to you too. Um, I don't know where to begin. I need my own segment. I, I don't. How could how could anyone possibly look at the last two seasons of the Bears coaching and think that he's worth retaining? Let's go over a couple of things. There was no improvement on this team from last year to this year. They looked as unprepared to play Green Bay opening day as they did at the end of the season last year. Four coaches have been fired, and the teams they, of the teams they beat, three of them had fired all their coaches because they were so bad. That's improvement, Hub? Really? I don't think it's improvement. I don't see any development of this team. The only reason why the defense looked better is when they got Montez Sweat. So Ryan Poles maybe gets a bit of a pass, but for him to not – change the coaching staff is criminal and it's the same old story same old ryan different year you are so right niu dave that that whatever you thought from kevin warren is nothing but a bespoke ted phillips 312-644-6767 pooley from palm beach florida boy we're pumping out big good the odyssey app Doing you're listening job. on the odyssey app aren't you you can't fool us yes yes i am it's raining here today Oh, okay. Hey, we got uh, like a polar vortex been, after heart attack snow, dude. So, really? <laughs> I've been dying to talk to you since they hired Eberflus. Please hang with me on this. By the way, best history lesson on the Bulls ever. I could talk Bulls with you forever from an investor standpoint. Don't forget, they had sold out the stadium for three years when it came time to resign Jordan. He would have cost 30 a year. Reinsdorf saved 90. He asked to be a partner in the Bulls. And Reinsdorf told him to pound sand. I called about the uh, Bears, though, real quick. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm waiting. You, re- Pauly, you got your own platform here, Paulie. The Here's what the Bears pulled off by resigning Yibufus, okay? He makes $4.5 million a year. He's calling the defensive plays. When they, when they got rid of the defensive coordinator, they didn't rehire anybody. They got some guy named Phil Snow. They're probably paying a half a million, too. Um, Eberflus makes four and a half mil. He's going to be the defensive coordinator and the head coach for four and a half million. Instead of bringing in uh, uh, Harbaugh for 18 mil and having to pay a good defensive coordinator. Okay. So they just got two positions for one price from one Jamoke. Okay. For one Jamoke. Some, you know, some team guy. And you're not going to get a good coach in here ever because of you got to go through this Tanisha Wade. You got to go through the DEI system to hire a coach or to get a player. But let's go to the. You know, there's so nothing wrong with you. that. There's nothing wrong with the DEI. Whatever, whatever diversity 
whatever hiring there is, you you certainly look around and you find those are worthwhile. It's a worthwhile pursuit. Everybody should get a shot. I agree with you. So that that said, that shows you how they feel about money versus merit. Now you are very you are totally correct about uh, Warren is Phillips. Phillips existed. I mean, he didn't know the difference between a football and a frisbee. He was there to make sure that the Bears' heirs came first, that no decision was ever made that adversely affected the Bears' heirs, and Warren is being put in charge of their generational wealth, which is called Arlington Heights, and the Bears buying the 5% of Ginny McCaskey when she passes, which is uh, you're buying into a, a, a mobile um, – a mobile casino. That's what a, that's what a football team is. So he's in charge of that. Now you're, you got to kick that two fifty down the road with, with fields. It's a given you're trading him. They will kick that two fifty so far down the road because Ginny is one Oh one. If she died, if she lasts another five years, the team's worth 5 billion. Now they're 5%. No, it's over it's six, six billion, Paulie. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. So there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of people who want to get on. We're gonna try to get as many as we can. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the casino has a lot to do with it. Whatever they're gonna put in there. Bob from Joliet, welcome to the score. Kevin Warren, if you're doing a hundred billion plus dollar deal, wouldn't you at least talk to Arlington Heights uh, already about tax rebates and concessions? Also, U.S. Bank, the Viking Stadium has been voted the fifth ugliest structure in the world. I know the Athletic has it as the best place. If you look up the history of the Viking Stadium, bunch of drama, bunch of squabbles, lawsuits. It wasn't smooth, and a bunch of taxes were increased. As a result, Minneapolis got pantsed. Yeah, well, not a not a lot of those negotiations. Thanks for the call. A lot of, not a lot of those buildings and those issues get done easily. It doesn't get swept through like that. Let's go to Dave from Wisconsin. Welcome to the score. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making um, it, Dave. So, yep. Sorry about last night's loss against Golden State. Boy, we had the lead at halftime, and then we let that get away. And we? now, what do you what we? do you think Were the game you? plan is going to? What do you mean, I mean we? Were you, I like the Bulls. Were you guarding Steph Curry when you say we? I no, just no, wonder I what. I just part... like the Bulls. Oh. Just our team. I like my team, the Bulls. I just wanted um, what. What do you think that they'll do the next time in March we play them, Golden State? Because we lost. We had the lead. It slipped and we lost. What do you see them do in March? Um, I see them playing. I see them showing up for the game. I see them having trouble keeping track of Steph Curry. The bigger question is whether Zach Levine will be on that roster or not. Oh, man. I forgot they actually played a game yesterday. Yeah, it might as well have been ring night. You know what? You lose on a night when you have this big celebration and... It's not that Jerry Krause got booed. The corpse got booed. All right, so if nobody important listened, I will be back next week. I want to thank everyone who called, everyone who texted. Oh, my God, we got calls. We got texts. We got people. We got Philly Jane, Robbie James, Robert James Triano. You did a spectacular job of sucking early and carrying it through on brand. So that's it. Thank Saturday you. Suckage. And the Take the North podcast is next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
And I, I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.